You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hardcore Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And today we're going to be joined by Desiree, the uh, uh, employee at eBay, who is walking me mm. through uh, a a serious problem, a, a, a seller in violation. So, oh, it, this is literally all I want to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> we will be talking about eBay. Sell- no, uh, but before we get into this, because this is the hot topic. Uh, please thank you to our sponsors, Close Casket Activities. Uh, uh, listen, uh, be uh, be careful on eBay. Convulse Records. Uh, do your Craigslist uh, sales in front of a police station. And go listen to that Sentinel track, Avenge, that our intern uh, got let go over missing. So Fired. Yeah, done. Axed. Um, thank you to To Live a Lie. Uh, Gumtree is the Australian alternative to Craigslist. And thank you to Run For Cover Records. Uh, Tom, what's the one that got shut down? Alibaba. No, Alibaba's wow. still kill, kicking ass. Um, no, what's the uh, – it was an alternative back page. Uh, do not buy back anything pages. on back page. <laughs> I didn't know that was <laughs> the back page. Uh, the back page we can go on the uh, worst possible timeline. Uh, sexguideusa.nl, I believe it is. Uh, <laughs> or, or you can go to runforcoverrecords.com and procure some of the finest in hardcore, hardcore adjacent, and just ripping music. Um, we've got a little bit of a topic today that one item connects to, uh, maybe a couple items, but. Uh, before we get there, uh, Citizen calling the dogs. If you didn't see Citizens, just like they, they just continue to have moments. I, it's it's odd to me. They just kind of make themselves relevant. Um, I think they just did a rough trade thing that not only looked well attended, looked cool, sounded cool. Seems like the new tracks off this record are catching with people. So go get calling the dogs um, right now. I think it's available on the run for cover web store exclusive on clear with red slash teal and blue splatter vinyl. Uh, so get that now, um, or you won't be able to, uh, Tom, but more maybe like a prelude, a little tease for our topic. What, what are you recommending from run for cover today? A record that we talked about about a year ago, mm. but I would like to, there's still a few copies left, which mm. makes me very, very upset with humanity. Mm. Um, Rival Schools United by Fate, the mm. first LP from Rival Schools. Um, Run for Cover did a beautiful uh, reissue of the record. Um, they did a book, uh, a kind of like a almost a coffee table book level yeah. reissue, which yeah, is all sure sold did. out. 
<clears throat> but they have a few more copies of the 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 regular version, which is um, if you've heard Rival Schools, there's nothing regular about that band. They're fucking fantastic. Um, so I can't recommend it high highly enough. Um, I know they're. I think they're doing a Thursday tour next year. Like they're doing Rival Schools are kind of playing some more shows. So yeah, if yeah, they come good. to your town, oh, go see, see it. it. Go fantastic. see it. Runforcoverrecords.com. And uh, I, I've got a word from the bird that there might be some more self-defense recordings coming soon. So excited Say for that. What? Facts. Oh, yes. Facts. I, uh, our listeners will be happy to know, and I think that this is probably tedious for people that don't like self-defense, but for people that do like self-defense, this is the sort of thing that they enjoy. Uh, the other day, I either recorded the absolute best self-defense song or the absolute worst self-defense song, and I no longer have any perspective whatsoever. And you are going to be subject to either a really affirming song that makes you happy that you uh, pressed play, or I've completely lost the plot and you are going to be miserable for two minutes and 37 mm. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and I do not. Also, we talked about Citizen. Um, our friend Pat here is going to do it, is on tour with them in February. That's are true. you only doing the UK dates, Pat? Uh, we do uh, Europe as well. Um, oh, you do in Europe too? That's amazing. All right. Yeah, and uh, doing uh, Northern Ireland for the first time in my life, which is uh, oh, cool to me. Uh, not to get weird, but there's so few places that I uh, that I want to go that I haven't been at this point. It's pretty much just the Indian subcontinent uh, that I uh, would like to go. And as far as being a touring band, uh, after after we hit. Uh, uh, South America or Central America and South America, I, I, I don't know what remains uh, to really reasonably play. There are bands that, you know, that play Russia. There are bands that play uh, all sorts of places that, but as far as places I'd really like to play, uh, uh, Northern Ireland has uh, been a fascination of mine for a lot of years. And it's a, a, a thing that I would like to see. So the fact that I get an opportunity to play it, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, everybody responsible for that. Uh, the, the, the Ireland is it just you guys. Uh, I think that's just us. I think that the it looks Dub- like the only day you have off is the tenth of February. So Dub- we, Dublin, it, we, we're going Dublin and Northern Ireland. I'm just focusing on Northern Ireland because I've never been there, whereas I've been to Dublin. But uh, uh, Dublin, great town, by the way. Awesome um, town. But uh, I, I. Uh, I don't know. This is a uh, you. You don't want to look crass as an American with a kind of uh, uh, almost a morbid morbid curiosity about uh, other places in the world. But uh, on some level, that's what it is. Uh, it, it's a kind of an unknowable thing. Like uh, Tom, you probably uh, grew up with some adjacency to the Hibernians. You know, like the, the of course, uh, yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, uh, the troubles in in Ireland are are. Uh, a kind of a, a conversation. My family is not particularly uh, tied uh, t- to our origin, so it wasn't a thing in my house. But it was a thing uh, in definitely the, thing in my house. It, it, it was kind of a thing in my world, uh, particularly because some of my fr- some of my friends' uh, parents basically ran the Hibernians in, in our area, and uh, I would like to, you know you you don't know a thing until you see it with your eyes. Uh, so I would like to. Uh, go and and uh, experience that on some level. Well, in Belfast, I would guess, right? Yes. Cool. Uh, and I'm excited. I uh, and like you're going to redo you two at the Red Rocks, like for for between song banter. <laughs> I 
wonder if that would be a no bad taste. More. Listen, I gotta no. say, the Irish have a very good sense of humor. So I bet, I bet there's a lot of things that you could, uh, sensitive topics you could get off there that uh, oh, yeah. maybe not otherwise. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a different kind of Irish. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm not gonna try it, but I'm just double. You can get off anything. Scotland, you're going to Glasgow. You could say whatever. Yeah, I got family in Scotland. I got family. I got a cousin that works in Scotland Yard. I'll tell, I'll tell, keep an eye out for you. I'll, I'll, I'll bust that out. Should I get in trouble? Uh, <laughs> I'll, give her her, I'll give you her name off the air if you ever need her. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, we're, we're, I'm excited uh, for those shows, but I'm also excited for the Citizen shows. Uh, I've said this before. Uh, Citizen are some of uh, my favorite people in music. I don't uh, call them up. They're not like my tight friends in music that They're I text friends. all the time. They, they are but they are the band that I didn't need to know the details of this tour. I no, just, pa- Patty, Patty said, call the dogs, call citizen. My dogs We're in. That's ex- it. That's it. That was the extent of the conversation. I said, uh, yeah, I'm in. Uh, and then I looked at it and I said, wait, why are we, why are we playing fucking Belgium in February? It's goddamn cold, but, uh, <laughs> whatever I'm, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be out with them. Uh, uh really, really dialed in live act. Uh, like, I know this seems obvious, but if you haven't seen them, they're uh, they're kind of a, a big deal to a lot of a lot of people, and they took that responsibility seriously. They're they're uh, good at what they do, so uh, happy to be out with them. <clears throat> to live a lie, go to toliveali dot com. Click that web store. Um, yo, as always, this is the one thing I want to. There's a lot to shout out, but to live a lie kills it with the distro. I am highlighting a couple items, but the number one item I'm highlighting today is the Distort the Bay 2023 Bay Area Hardcore Punk Comp. Um, You know, the Bay punk scene uh, has a long tradition of good compilations to come out of there. Uh, This one looks awesome. Has a huge 40-page zine insert booklet. Uh, Photography by Rob Coons. That name should be familiar to, to a lot of our MRR audience. Um, first press 500 black vinyl. I haven't found this anywhere, so I'm kind of excited. I'll probably be ordering this shortly. Uh, bands like Urban Sprawl, Urban Sprawl, False Flag, Planet on a Chain, Cell Rot, Caveman. Oh no, not Caveman. Repo Man. Uh, a ton of stuff. Irritant. Um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. So please go check that out at To Live a Lie. Let me see what else they got in the distro. I'm kind of scrolling around here. Um, oh, the Destroy Everything Fancy number two, Cut, Paste, Destroy book. This is um, kind of an awesome punk, uh, Destroy Everything Fancy. So a um, ton of collaborators, full color. Uh, I love a photo zine these days. So uh, check this out too while you're at tolivelie.com. Tolivelie.com, click that web store, tell them we sent you. Guys, Tom, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing well. Very good. Patrick, no, it's, it's all good. Patrick, please go in on oh, our geez. friends at eBay. Uh, bought a camera. Uh, Who uses eBay, by the way? Is this still a thing in 2023? Yeah, I, I, feel I like use eBay. I still use eBay. It's a re- so it's still a thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, d- I do not. I was just looking for something really specific that uh, I can't find in Perth used. So uh, th- certain things, cert- uh, I don't. I'm not a seller or a buyer of many things, period. But uh, there's certain things that uh, buying buying new is foolish, and buying used is is just so much more advised, uh, better advised. And 
there was a camera that I cannot find used in Perth, but uh, on eBay, it's it's cheap. It's like three hundred dollars American or something, right? It's like not an ex- a terribly expensive item, but I ordered it, and the fella, it says, "Hey, you got to type in your your freight shipping." Uh, for this, you have to contact the seller. So, or no, so for this, you have to send a request. I send a request, get no answer. Uh, write the guy. Uh, he says, please advise email. Uh, I type in my email. You're not allowed to do that, by the way. Uh, so eBay, oh, yeah. fl- no, no. E- eBay flags it and says, you're not allowed to do that. I did not know that. Uh, and then the gentleman relists the camera. I write him and say, Hey man, I, I won this camera. I'll keep this short, everybody. I know this is mundane as fuck. Uh, hey, man, I won this camera. <clears throat> Why'd you relist it? And he said, oh, it was in error. My bad. Uh, and I, uh, please advise your email. I said, tried it again. Blocked it. I write him. I say, hey, brother, it won't let me send the email. He says, send a photo of your email. And I said, okay, I'm, ha- I'm a- having a hard time understanding. Why do you need my email it's not going to matter because I've sent you the request through eBay. It has to be fulfilled through eBay. Why do you need my email? It won't, it, it won't process through eBay. And he goes, uh, y- you don't have enough uh, feedback. I want to make sure you're not a scammer and we'll do a chargeback. I say, okay, that's reasonable. And I send him a photo of, of my uh, uh, email despite the fact that on your third attempt, eBay says if you do this again, you're going to be banned. Uh, so you risked it all and sent a, a picture of your yeah. eBay address, your, well, your email address to random and then work. And then, yes, uh, this, uh, uh, Serbian seller who, uh, is, is, uh, just barking orders at me. Uh, I send him my email because the people, my email is not hard to find. Everybody that's listening to this, uh, email me. I'll just ignore I guess you. It. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I, I don't understand why people are so delicate about this sort of stuff. But um, so then he cancels the order. Uh, so now he's got my email, but a canceled right. order. And doing the chargeback, right? So, so well, there's no chargeback because it would have been a chargeback on on my. Uh, he didn't uh, allow me. To, he didn't allow me to pay. That's so right. Okay, because you didn't have enough feedback, and he was like, eh. yeah. "Yeah." And listen, that's fine. I'm sure that these guys deal with some total bullshit. But oh, I, uh, yes. I then got on uh, – I wrote him and said, hey, man, what gives? I gave him 22 seconds to answer me before I carried out and went to eBay. And now those of you that are in the stop snitching camp can just just you know, bang my line. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Come come th- come through if it's a problem. I snitched on uh, – <laughs> I might not be seeing that Snoopy shirt on sale anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I snitched on whatever this whatever this fucker's name was, um, and uh, I don't care. Uh, eBay, I felt bad though because eBay got more serious about it than I wanted. I wanted them to kind of say, "Hey, man, you have to sell this to them." Instead, they said, "We take this very seriously and do not tolerate this type of seller. This will be resolved to to the, to the best of our ability." I can ask you a question. Yes, I don't do eBay really, I and mean, I never even did it like when like it was the thing to buy records and shit. Mm-hmm. What benefit did he find by doing the okie doke he did? None, none. So that's why so it's not like he didn't like steal your money. He didn't like, no, this is a guy who has probably dealt with a lot of chargebacks, uh, is low patience for, for sellers that, which means he sent the, the item and he never, he, someone said they never got it and he got fucked. That, that's right. 
Okay. So uh, he's not wrong to protect himself. He's just wrong to ask me to do something that eBay is telling me I'm going to get kicked off the platform if I do it. Uh, and I didn't, when I snitched, I didn't realize that they were going to uh, uh, sanction this dude <laughs> like, with extreme prejudice. But uh, it seems like maybe that's what happened. So uh, RIP to like whatever, Curio Medic 73 or whatever. <laughs> But yeah, now I'm disallowed from uh, an entire uh, region. But um, anyway, that was my boring eBay story. I thought it was going to be uh, going this entire podcast because I was in a uh, chat with an, uh, a, a real life person at eBay during this, but the person just went full nuclear uh, right out the gate. And uh, uh, now, wow. yeah, now I'm sitting problem around. solved. Yeah, I, well, problem solved, but now I've made an enemy for life. And you don't have a camera. And I don't have a camera. That I, I just wanted the camera that I, I bid on and was prepared to buy. I feel like I just read Taken 4, like the, the storyboard for Taken 4. Uh, well, yeah, this, this is all the backstory that you need to know. I'm going to go out there and fucking Liam Meeson's going to have to find him and be like, you know. Yeah, you know, guys. For a second, I thought you said, uh, when you said Taken 4, I was like, wait, Tekken 4? Yeah, like the fighting game with <laughs> no, the yeah. leopard head man. Okay, okay, Tekken Four. I mean, that'd be pretty dope. That'd be a good stage offer for yeah, Pat. Why not? Why hey, not? fellas, a drip. Sh- should anything happen? Just know yeah. that I, I'm, I'm not. I cons- have a certain set of skills. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just not in a. I'm not in a in a dangerous state of mind. Uh, if 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 I should be found dead, that's don't let them don't let them say. That I did it myself. You know, what I mean, yeah. the, the, it we was this fellow. Like you didn't kill yourself. You're no, not that guy. We got you. We it got was you. this fellow. Here, Pat. Here's a question for you. you. You have a microphone. Yeah. And you know, tons of people that listen to you. Yeah, tons. I'm, I mean, you say that facetiously, but I'm serious. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it's true. What exactly are you looking for? Maybe someone will be able to find help you find one. Oh, you know what? I never take advantage of this. Uh, this. I mean, like, you'll pay for it. You'll just be like, yo, and someone down the street may have it in Perth. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm Jesus looking for you. know, you're not just talking to me and Bob, right? I, you know what? I Sometimes uh, it do be like that. Uh, that's, sometimes it feels yeah, like that. Uh, that or that sometimes you're just talking to himself. Uh, I'm looking for a Sony A6000. Uh, if you have one uh, and you are willing to part with it for a reasonable amount of money, uh, let me know. Uh, I will not hit you with the chargeback. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, we will be doing a, uh, a traders episode where we're looking. We just <laughs> kind of treat treat the podcast like Craigslist for a while. Um, we got a topic for today. It's going to be a fun one. But before we get in, um, Tom, you made a declarative statement about uh, about something, but it was based on an event you attended yesterday. Why don't you go in? I say you start with that declarative because okay, um, well no, but okay, so I'll start with the declarative. Even though this sounds like it's it's not damning them with fate and praise because I always thought it was no, they were good. No, no, yeah, but like I, this was like wow. Um, I'm, I believe in botch, mm, a convert. I mean, like I always thought it was cool. It was like a little bit above my pay grade. Yeah, that's that's how I would probably see it as well. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like I just I I like metalcore, but I need like a little bit of fucking caveman in it. Yep. And they were like not caveman enough for me for a lot of times. But I went to see them in Jersey in the Stone Pony. No, not Stone Pony. It, the uh, Starland. 
Starland Ballroom in Sayreville, New Jersey. Oh yeah, um, Slayerville. If you're a real Slayerville, lady. which is yeah, like where like it's like Sayreville is like where like Metallica used to go and like hang out when they'd come to New York, like the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, metal Blade. That's serious. That's, that's right. Metal Militia, yeah. all that stuff. Like so, uh, it was Caven, Converge, Burn, uh, and Botch. Pretty ill show. Wow. So um, you so you actually did get the side by side that we are always positing on this podcast. Yes, and quite honestly, botch one. Whoa! Like in terms of like presentation and sound, like it, it, I mean, it sounded insane. Like his voice is incredible. Yep. Um. The 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 this the I mean the band is also it's like oh the dude from minus the bear and the guy from Russian circles can still play weird like you know <laughs> right, what I mean it's right, not right. like you're not really like these dudes didn't go away and like get a fucking you know like a, a, a beer job yeah you know what I mean like these dudes have been doing shit you know. Um, and incredibly impressive. Caven was fantastic. They sounded awesome. They did four songs from the new record. The new record is actually quite good. Um, then they did big riff, which is just, yeah, it's a big riff, the biggest riff. It's just fucking amazing. And then they ended with three songs from until your heart stops. That's cool. Like, can't really go wrong with that convert. I mean, so they played for 45 converged in an hour. And um, I thought they were great. They didn't – I mean, they did a lot of like quote-unquote like newer stuff, so probably 2006 and after. Mm. But they sounded fucking awesome. Um, Nate Noon's got the best voice in every band. Yeah. Mm. That, that voice – that dude's voice is stupid. Um, but they sounded great. Um, they were I mean, they were awesome. But they're one of those bands like I was on, on the way home and I was like, you know, if someone like put a gun to my head and was like – What's the title of this song? Oh yeah, I'd be. I have no. Fucking, I, I could play. I could mouth play the riffs, but I don't know any of the songs. Like song titles, yeah. like uh, after like Jane Doe, I'm like I got nothing. Well, um, unless they say it in the song, like I like I know like oh, oh we love Lily behind. Well, I know true, that shit. True. Um, but they were great, and then Botch like had like an insane light show. Um, I mean, dude, they sold out. You know, they fucking. Played the Roadrunner in Boston on Friday, thirty five hundred people. Sold out Starland, which is like twenty five hundred. Yep. Like you know, for, and you know, sold out pretty much two nights at Webster Hall. So we remember we were talking like there's like those certain times that you're like you gotta you know get while the getting's good. We were like, oh, it's maybe too late. I think we. I mean, we take uh, we take victory laps when we're right. I think we might have been wrong, man. Okay. Uh, it was like it was their show. Like good for them. It was impressive. It was like soup. I mean, yo. Here's my question: just as as not having been there and just hearing your, how was the like um, live reaction energy? Like, were people going nuts? No. Okay, but that they're not totally that kind of band. Am I right about that? I mean, they didn't really go nuts for Cave and a Converge either. Okay, well that's so. <sighs> This is, it was an IPA this, crowd. It was a, right. you know. That's and that's kind of where I think it's at and we should recalibrate when we talk about this stuff cuz it's like, yo, the room's going to a lot of these bands, the room's going to be full. And I mean, let me let me put it into a space where it's I'm not talking about bands I don't particularly care about. Quicksand. Yo, if you saw Quicksand in the mid 90s, there were people jumping off stuff, even those first hard. reunions, there yeah. were people were going nuts. Now, when you go see Quicksand, even when they play the songs, the the banger, you know, they could play "Divorced" of Manic Compression, which is like that's a like Smasher friend song, you know. Um, 
people kind of chill. There's more of a like bang your head, get into it. You'll see a little bit of action, at least the last couple of quicksand shows I've caught, but it's more just like everybody's there to, to rock to the music. And it, there is a touch of the IPA crowd. You know what I mean? And I don't say that in a mean way, but maybe we need to be more realistic and come like in this where it's like, yeah, you know what? This probably is going to do well because more people in our, our age range, which is 35 plus, <laughs> go to gigs and want to see these bands, but don't necessarily want to like stage dive for better right. or worse. I mean, it wasn't a young crowd, like by any, you know, it's usually like, Oh, there's like some older folks, but there's a lot of young kids. Like I didn't see a lot of young kids. Right, right, right. It was, you know, Bob would have been like a young, young, like towards yeah. the, you know, some of our friends, I saw our friend, just Cara, a baby. our former, you know, our, our, um, <laughs> former co-host at times Kara was that oh, the show oh yeah yo shout out Kara yeah yeah she still listens hell yeah what up shout out she was like are you at Converge right now I go are you at Converge right now and she's like yeah I'm across the bar I'm like oh shit hell yeah um our buddy Berg from Asbury he's probably the youngest person there Christian so um mm-hmm. but yeah it was it was a cool show like I, I you know Starland is a weird venue Yo, can you t- can you describe Starland to people who have it's it's big club, but it's yeah. a big barn. It, yeah, I was gonna say box. Yeah, yeah. it's a big box. Like you walk it, like you walk in. There's like the merch, then you walk into the main. But there's like if you go if you walk in and keep going straight, like across from the stage, there's like a like a platform you can stand on. But then like you walk down into the pit, like the dance floor, which for a twenty five hundred capacity room, not that big. Yeah, but it, there's like kind of cr- like nooks big. and crannies on big. both sides. Uh, what happened? I was not saying that it, big. No, it's it's just it, it, you, you for that size room. They they make that a tighter space, right? You know how like I mean, I'm sure you guys have been to the, uh, the Chance of Poughkeepsie many times. Yes, yes. Big room. That dance floor is not that big. No, I'm trying to think of what uh, what it reminds me of. Uh, maybe like a like a very empty Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's just like stairs and ramps and everything um it sounds good but it's, it's i mean a, a packed show there it, it can be a, a problem for vantage points for a lot of people yeah yeah no that's that's very true it's you very know true. um and i remember it, if you're from the new york city area and or ever lived here in from like the 80s on it used to be always advertised on the radio as the hunk of bunker ballroom in Sayreville, new jersey Mm. And, I, and I love became, the hunk of bunk of ballroom at radio ads. I love them. They're so weird. Right, the, you know, come see the nerds on Thanksgiving evening. I can't tell you how many times the nerds played everywhere near me. I've, my friend that went, who was like, that was my first concert here. It was 1984. The nerds at the hunk of bunk of ballroom. Fuck. And I'm like, dude, they've been, I bet you like they're a band that they just switch out people like Slipknot and no one knows. No yeah. question. No question about it. No like question. they just pass on the name. It's like, this is my, this is my third son that's yeah, yo, you know, head nerd. Uh, to anyone who's unfamiliar, just just local rock, local bar band. Cover band, right? Yeah, cover band, cover band, the nerds. But yeah. like a cover band that would play a room that fits 2,500 people. Yeah. Like several times would also times play Jenks. You know what I mean? They were. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, you go watch, you know, you go see the shark feeding and then you go see, and you go hang out at Jenks. Uh, can, can <laughs> I, I did that once before. I, I dated a girl at the shore. That's what happened. Can I segue real quick uh, from one uh, topic to the next, which is 
uh, you mentioned Slipknot. Were either of you surprised to see the outpouring of love for Jay Weinberg from Slipknot fans? Uh, for people that don't know, Jay Weinberg, uh, uh, I recently departed from Slipknot. It looks like uh, uh, not of his choosing. And uh, I, this is no disrespect to Jay Weinberg, who is a fantastic drummer. I d- had no idea that Slipknot fans were invested in the people behind those masks at all. I think with him, though, like there's pictures of him with his dad when he was like a kid. Going to Slipknot shows. Like no, but like meaning Slipknot dressed as Slipknot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he became like all the what are they called maggots? Yeah, they are called maggots. Right, that's like the fans of Slipknot or maggot. Like, could you imagine being like a kid growing up, being like, "This is my favorite band," and then you're in your favorite band, and then your favorite band kicks you out? Yeah, they, he basically became like a uh, he became a vessel for every one of those fans who wanted yeah. every maggot who ever uh, wanted to be that in, makes on sense. stage. Yeah. That makes sense. Like that dude wasn't, you know, like he was in Madball, but that dude wasn't listening to fucking set it off. Let's be realistic. No, he probably didn't even like fucking. He was against me too. Oh, he against was. Me. Uh, and yeah, and then the whole thing because he quit on Twitter. He let the band know on Twitter that he quit. Right, right, right. Now, uh, and then Lord Jane Grace was loving it. I can't say I can't like say the- that Jay and I are are tight, but we've done shows together, and and he's uh, he's a nice guy. So uh, <clears throat> I don't have anything to say about his time in Slipknot. I I'll be honest, I couldn't. You know, after the after the album with the goat on it, I don't know what Slipknot has even been up to, but. Uh, in the, oh, so in the last 22 years, you haven't known what they've done since Iowa? I mean, do they have a record after Iowa? I have no idea. I'm sure they do. <laughs> You're sure they do. You couldn't name it. <laughs> I, I didn't like them when I was fucking old enough to when, when yeah, they were like new. I thought yeah, this is garbage. Yeah. yeah, and yeah the listen, fact that people, bad. Someone, oh, who? Oh, Chris from Western Mass was like, yo, everybody, current hardcore rips off Slipknot. I go, no shit. Did you just hear Slipknot? He's like, yes. <laughs> I go, <laughs> yeah, I go my man, it's 2023. He's like, I knew that one song. He's like, but I've heard other Slipknot songs. He's like, holy shit, like current hardcore is like really indebted to Slipknot. I'm like, I don't know how you avoided Slipknot for 25 years. No, shout never, out to him. I've, I've, never, like that. I've never heard them. I've never heard <laughs> okay, them. <laughs> See, that's great. Like, You've never you heard on, Slipknot? I've never heard them, no. If you put them on right now, and we're like, you could do like a like pick a deep cut Ferret Records band, them and some other band of their ilk, and we're like pick it out. I would not. I it's shut the lights off because I'm just guessing in the dark, total blind. Okay, Let, Pat, how many LPs? How many studio LPs does Slipknot have? Uh, All right, over under five. I'm aware of two. I want to say more than that. I want to yeah. I want to say four, seven. Stop. <laughs> Stop. There's self-titled. There's Iowa, which is the last one that Pat knew from August 28, 2001. There's volume three, the subliminal verses. All hope is gone. Point five, the great chapter. We are not your kind, which is a little too close to you'll never be one of us. Stop, mm. stop, stop ripping off our fellas. And the end comma so far, they've have three live albums, two compilation records, oh. and 27 singles. <laughs> You know what? I, I know one. I've been sleeping. Uh, here's my thing. Uh, th- Bob, here's the deal. Uh, you wouldn't mm. like it, uh, mm. but they're, it, they're only defensive Slipknot for most of us. You know, I understand that Slipknot has many, many fans in hardcore, particularly if you're of a certain age. Uh, but it, it is uh, f- it, it, the only thing I can say for it. It is 
the arguably better version of uh, Sepultura Roots. And you, if you like that record, which you don't, nope. then... <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, here's, I think that's actually a fun convo and like not necessarily for, for <laughs> Isengrind mainline, but, but like actually listening to Sepultura Roots versus that Slipknot record, because I think there's a lot of Sepultura fans who might be like, uh, even though I know only from this podcast and talking to you that Roots and Tom, I think you've co-signed, Roots is the record where a lot of Sepultura fans are like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, if, yeah, you, if you like the early, early stuff, new. there's no getting to – you don't even get to Roots. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a, like KSAD might be your jumping off yeah. point. That's right. But um, yeah, Which is crazy. That, that all tracks. And I mean, yo, Chris from Western Mass isn't wrong. You're you're definitely on. Um, Hardcore 2023 owes an awful lot, an awful lot to Slipknot. And I don't think any of the people who are writing that level, the heavy, hardcore songs – are denying it. And I don't no, know. I don't no. I, I obviously have weird feelings about that, but not mad, I guess, you know, I don't know. It, it feels really, really far away from me, but, but shout, shout, shout out to Jay. <laughs> Go be enjoyed. Shout his out time. to Jay. Do you think, so his dad was the, um, he was a, a letterman dude. He was in the yeah, but he was in fucking Bruce Springsteen. He's in Bruce. Springsteen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh my god, um, we're gonna have to check here. No, it's okay. I mean, just who cares? Your your New yeah. Jersey uh, credentials. Listen, I'm gonna say yeah, it. Hey, I, that's okay. I'm sus. Yeah, he's Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Okay. Yeah, he was like the the like whatever the musical director. Whatever. Eddie played drums. That feels. That feels. I, the Bruce Springsteen thing is definitely notable, more notable, and I think I've talked about that somewhere before, but. The Conan, I feel like, you know, like Eric Wilson could have been like that. Like, oh, yeah, Eric Wilson played like uh, guitar on a few episodes of Conan. Did you know? And it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's not <laughs> yeah, changing sure. his life, I guess, you know? Like, would it, right? Would it, like, if you just had a little stint playing triangle on Conan, it wouldn't make uh, a big deal, right? So, oh, if Pat did the year 2000 jingle, like, like, <laughs> well, well, here's here's why this stuff changes your life because this is on my mind lately. Uh, Trying to change your life. Well, okay. In comic books, there's this uh, thing that uh, people want to get their stuff turned into movies, right? And I'm not uh, maybe as engaged in that as as some uh, uh, creators are, but a thing I probably told you guys about it off air, but uh, an opportunity came up where it was a much more aggressive thing uh, than usual. A lot of times you get your, uh, you you get your comic book optioned and it, it's cool to get a few thousand dollars, but you know, in the back of your mind that you're never getting, it's never getting made. It's going to sit. It it was one of 20 things purchased that year by this particular production company. Yeah. This is, this is the old, I I sold. Yeah. I sold a, a script. Right. From the 90s so, and early aughts. You could sell scripts all day long. You get them, you know, maybe you're getting 10 grand, maybe you're getting 50 grand, maybe you're getting five grand, but you're selling scripts and you don't think, if you sell 10, you you think maybe one has a chance maybe of being made into a low budget indie film. Maybe. I mean, I would I would say not even, right? So like, so, but the, 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 so for people that care about this at all, and I promise we'll talk about hardcore. Um, there is a, 
uh, everything in comics gets optioned. What it gets optioned for is up for debate or up for negotiation. Sometimes uh, the way that an option works is it's uh, X number. It's, it's base number against X, right? So uh, um, $10,000 up front against a hundred thousand dollars. Should it ever get made? That's, that's the way that it works. Uh, well, the 90 that completes that, that 10, the, you know, if you understand what I mean. So, um, if things get made, you get a good payday. It's a decent payday really. Cause you split it. Uh, but you get a decent payday. You put a garage on uh, next to your home. Um, and it's not, it's exciting at the beginning of your career, but eventually it becomes perfunctory. Everything you do just gets optioned. You make a tiny bit of money or you get a project into the black and, uh, your life is not impacted in any uh, significant way. Uh, but the other day, not the other day, about two months ago, uh, somebody came in much more aggressively than usual with the pitch. Uh, and it's a celebrity that everybody in this, uh, listenership would know, but has not been a major celebrity in a, in a few years. And, uh, this celebrity came in with the offer, Hey, uh, what I do is. I borrow or I go get money from athletes and tech guys and I make the movie. And so that means I could hold out for an option where the film would be millions of dollars, many millions of dollars and I would make more on the option or I can let, I can option it to this fella with his intent of going out and, and getting uh, $3 million, putting two in his pocket, making a movie for a million and uh, it either being good or not. And I am so, I'm trying to finalize this deal now because I am so in love with the idea of getting something made, regardless if it's good or bad, for this reason. A, I don't care about the end product. It's not mine. That's somebody else's. Uh, but B, because if it if it gets made, I will have no problem getting other jobs for the uh, remainder yes. of my life. Correct. <laughs> and, correct, correct, correct. And when I say uh, no problem, what I mean is there was always going to be something available. So in, in, I work in video games, uh, right now my career is on, you know, it's, it's progressing. But if I said, yes, my, uh, you can go watch my movie hit the red box. Uh, the, the, I will be hired each time, you know what I mean? Not each time, but I, I stand a great chance. So, uh, sometimes it's about, uh, it, it, it's about getting that thing. And I have no idea what brought us here. I thought it was, I was germane to the, I'm not bragging. It's just germane. Yeah. I'm totally, yeah. It, <laughs> what was, what was the, how you're doing I, a fucking, you're doing a deal with Tim Allen. We got no, no, how did I, <laughs> I'm doing a deal. I'm doing a deal with Tim Allen. Uh, uh, yeah, well, when you when you wrote that comic, uh, neighbor neighbor Al is dead. Um, I never thought I never thought it could come here, but uh, but here we are. Wait, wait, what, 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 man what, came knocking. Got Pamela Anderson already no. signed up. Well, yeah. But what brought, what brought me here? What brought me here? Uh, help me. We were talking about Jay Weinberg. Help me. <laughs> help me out. We went Jay uh, Weinberg. We then Al Borland, and that just no. We were talking about Al Borland. Uh, I didn't just. I wasn't trying to flex. There was something relevant to the conversation. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, yeah, Tanga. Um, you were like all over the. Oh place. god damn it! Yeah, that's different. Now I'm crossing wires. Yeah, where, I don't even know where. Yeah, now you're on another Friday night show. <laughs> listen, what what was the what was the thing that brought me here? Where I was listen, to, listen. I was we, trying. None to, of us remember. None okay. of us. Have, <laughs> I, I think listen, I was, ta- I think I was talking on. about. 
establish like getting a credit so that you, that you don't have to get in, getting a single oh, because of, no we were talking about Eric being the key oh, changing your life right. for Conan O'Brien right. here's yeah, how right. it changes your life this was a long way to get to the fact that he's I just wanted to fucking pull fucking pull it out no, no, no. no. It, it, this is a long way of getting to the fact that sometimes those credits that I'm working with Tim Allen and Al <laughs> Borland listen the God. the sometimes those credits uh that we think of as that wouldn't change your life decidedly change your life because now doors are open for you forever. Now you can say those doors are only mid-sized doors, but they weren't open before. (laughs) So uh, I think that being the guitarist on Craig Ferguson uh, is actually a life changing event. uh, If you are looking at it through the lens that, uh, this is every every step in your life is a life changing event. <laughs> Half the people listening are going like, "Why do they keep making a weird sound?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, everybody, t- oh. Tim Tim Allen was a cocaine salesman who who briefly had success on network television. And, and the Santa Claus. And you'll know him from the Santa Claus and the Santa Claus series that's on Disney Plus that apparently is crushing it. So, yeah. And everybody's really down on him for, uh, turning against his, uh, his co-defendants, which I, I guess I am too. I don't really respect that very much, but, uh, well, we know that you, you're, uh, you, you're I, you didn't even know which way your opinion was going until it came out of your mouth there. Hey, well, I did have to, as, as, uh, Tom, I knew Tom was going to jam me up on the fact that I did just snitch on any, yeah, I mean, you're a dry snitch and you, yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we talk? You don't know what the laws are in Serbia. That dude, you don't know. <laughs> That's true. Okay, let's talk, got, talk some hardcore before we uh, before they turn on. I was trying. <laughs> Didn't go so well, but I was trying. Um, um yeah, we uh, yeah. So so uh, do do hardcore. Um, shout out to Flyover Fest. It looked like a lot of fun. It looks uh, super yeah. fun. I actually Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa on top. Ooh, making it a fucking that? destination. I think we can. Good for them. Honestly. Um, it's been really fun seeing the middle of the country not kowtow to the coasts. They just have a lot going on. Now, obviously, bands from the coast are flying in, da-da-da-da-da-da. But there's a lot of fests in the middle of the country doing cool stuff, a lot of labels, a lot of bands. Uh, you all know who you are, fantastic stuff. Um, this brought me to a place interesting. Did you guys see the uh, minor threat uh, basically outtakes seven inch that's coming out. Patrick, did you miss this? You may have being in Australia. I did. I bought that shit. Okay. So uh, minor threat when they recorded this little record that you're pretty familiar with out of step um, also recorded a couple other songs that just didn't kind of make the cut. Mm. And uh, they're releasing it as an EP, like a little seven inch, like outtakes kind of thing. Um, shout out to in true discord fashion they did this with their box set thing they're taking pre-orders they're all going to be on the same color so essentially like oh uh, we we got 3,000 orders for this we'll make 4,000 we'll make whatever it is they're not they're making it to surpass demand which is an interesting thing it's a it'll get more germane to the conversation as we go along um but I had a realization. I had never even heard about these songs. No. And 
look, I don't know everything about hardcore. I, I don't think anyone truly does. But I know a few people who know a lot, a lot more than me. And I've picked their freaking ba- brains. And they never mentioned this stuff either. So I'm kind of excited. It's a neat thing. It's a little reissue thing. Um, and then on the other side, we saw our buddy Sam, uh, Triple B Records, doing a reissue of the Killing Time Brightside LP. We're all very excited about that. If, if you're so inclined, go ahead and go check that out. Um, and, you know, we, we were talking about that a little bit off air last week, that the record's gotten reissued a few times. I'm kind of excited. I want to see what they do. Then, <clears throat> on the other side of the street, we see the SSD record for the first time since the... The original, right? Since the original, in its original format, the Kids Will Have Their Say, is being reissued. I was going to say since the... I didn't want to use the word botched, but we'll say confusing discography CD question mark um, from the nineties. Do you guys know the SSD CD I'm speaking about on Tang? Yes. That's not in it. That's in a, it's like a best a of, order. right? Yeah. It's a best right. of, you can track down most of the record in there, but it's not necessarily a reissue or representing the record. Um, trust is taking care of that. It looks great. Um, and I want to encourage people, a uh, friend of the show, DB, Dave Anthony, uh, yeah, I was just gonna mention. Good job. did a fantastic interview with Nancy and Al Burreal. Um, Al Burreal, obviously from SSD, uh, Exclaim Records, Gage, um, Nancy Burreal, uh, not only an author of a really cool book about her time, but was a promoter and very active scene person in the Philly. And then obviously, Canada, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Right. Um, responsible for a lot of cool stuff on her end. Uh, so <clears throat> please check out that interview, check out the stuff they've done, check out this issue. Um, and Al speaks very candidly about his health, which is a not, not serious thing. So uh, we've said this before, but our thoughts are with the dude. Uh, we are all big fans and big fans of SSD. Um, and obviously Al personally, uh, but all that said, he was fascinating. Oh, really good, really. And good. Our, uh, Pat, if you don't have, if you have a chance, go read that. I will. I thought it he was, was really open. I, I liked his his he he was very forthright in a weird way. I'm like, and that dude, like, and what I said to David, I was like, not to you know, I, I mean, it's a very small part of the article, but like, for some reason, I'm thinking like this dude left SSD and like went to like digging ditches. But he was an engineer for General Electric for like forty years, okay, or thirty something years. Like, so he left SSD and became like he left. He went his, to school his, for engineering. Yeah, he went to Northeastern. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly right. A fucking smart motherfucker. Yeah, so it was like I thought that was fascinating. And the rapport between Al and Nancy, like even in writing, it's like it's it seems a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, nice. uh, very. Like she's very like very telling him to wrap it up and all this other stuff. Like it's very. It's awesome. Um, so anyways, that got me to the conversation and content for today, which was <sighs> what reissues, uh, re-releases, discographies, kind of representations um, of records would we like to see? What stuff needs to get back out there? Uh, but before we get into that, the more specific side, 
Do you guys think in the streaming era that reissues of whatever type, whether it's a straight reissue, kind of like what Trusted, whether it's a discography, which we've seen over and over through the years, uh, where it's this like minor threat hidden tracks, you know, lost outtake tracks thing. Do you think that stuff still matters in an era where a lot of this stuff has longer legs online, whether it's through streaming, whether it's through YouTube, what have you? Um, do reissues still matter? I would say yes. Yeah. I think they do a nice job. Like if it's, if it's well done, you know, there's enough people out there that'll buy the, you know, did I need fucking bright side again? No. Did I buy it again? Yes. Did I need slip again? No. Did I buy it again? Twice. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? I feel like, it's funny because like now that like people hardcore is older and like hardcore people have gotten older, like they're willing to pay. And like, I feel like trust is kind of really honed in on this. And like, they do these fucking things that are like, like incredibly well done. It's not just the record. There's a, right. it's like a book right. and it tells the story of the record. It's got photos and fly. It's like, it's so well done that like people want to collect that ephemera. Cause like you could leave it on your fucking, your like coffee table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the quicksand thing was like that, all that sort of stuff. So I think there is, you know, it used to be you had to get the discography to know all the songs. That's not the case anymore. But it's nice to have it in all in one place, put together nicely. You know, the full package counts and not just like some lame, just like we're just going to repress, you know, not change anything about it. Just put it back out there. I feel like that kind of that is not as necessary in the streaming days. Patrick. Uh, I think that yes, everything Tom just said. Also, it can kind of excite the 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 base um, excitable hardcore yes. kids, uh, which can set into motion uh, like a greater appreciation. Uh, like this is to say, something gets reissued, the uh, collector kid or the kid that's excited to own something that he's heard about that's uh, up to this point been kind of not exciting to own, you know, uh, because either you had the original, which you don't, or you've got some jank reissue that is, is not really exciting to, to hold. Uh, so a, a new product that, uh, can breathe life into, uh, a release that was going by the wayside unnecessarily. So, so that kind of hits, <clears throat> a lot of corners of what I wanted to talk about on the more like meta side of this, which was the idea that reissues bring renewed interest into a place. The crass side could say into a marketplace and we could talk about the commerce. And I went down a weird thought hole where I almost thought myself out of this conversation because I was like, "Ah, there's a weird thing, right? There's a, there's a purity to, this record came out. This is how it existed. That's it. Any sort of repressing, reissuing in the current tense, and I'll go back to it, but in the current tense, streaming, etc., outside of just digitally, is just done for capitalist's sake, you know, done for commercial gains. I don't think that's true because I've seen so many passion projects. I've seen so many incredible reissues look i'm not gonna shout out things 
I've seen things that make me interested in bands I have barely heard from 25 years ago who were not super big, but the packaging and the passion behind that reissue is so tangible. You can feel it and it looks awesome. You can tell this really mattered, even if it only mattered to a very small amount of people, that it is attractive. And that is so cool. On the other side, and so I said I'd put a pin on this, up till the streaming era, essentially reissues were important because you quite literally couldn't hear things. You know what I mean? You just couldn't hear. You pick it. The Insight 7-inch, the 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 Mob 7-inch, all these things. Unless there was a bootleg, you weren't hearing the original thing. So there was a need for it. Now those things could be digitized, put up, blah, blah, blah. You don't need the physical thing. But we like the physical thing. What does the physical thing mean? Tom nailed it. When the physical thing has those components where it's something people are passionate about, they want to do a good job, they see the opportunity to make more than just a straight reissue. You know, group sex, I'm willing to bet there is upwards of 40,000 copies of group sex on vinyl out there in the world based on when it was released, how big it was, how long it was in press through various record labels and pressings and what have you. But when Trust got their hands on it, they did more than just, here it is, repressed, here it is. They did a lot more with it, and that's really cool. So all that is to say, they are necessary. The part that I really like and continue to see is that weird resurgence of interest, right? Like you guys see that all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is more in the zeitgeist. This is more something people are aware of. And we've seen it not just in the past decade or past 20 years, but since the start of hardcore, when things get reissued, they come more into the forefront. There's no surprise to me that the Minor Threat Complete discography essentially kicked off a resurgent wave of interest in fast hardcore or at least straight edge hardcore that wasn't necessarily the thing that was being played by people. That became more easy to access. All of a sudden, it brought in a whole new wave of interest. So... What, so does what, that track? Does what, that make sense? Is there, and well now, and here's the other side, is there an argument to be made against reissues and repressings? Just that if they're done poorly, it, it can dilute in the same way that a good reissue can uh, really excite people. A bad reissue just pushes people further from, further from that release, you know, like a, and it feels gatekeepery. <clears throat> It will, if it, right? If you're like, well, if you aren't there for it, well, it sucks. It sucks for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you know, know what I mean? That feels that way. Like it's like even a crappy one. You know, I mean, st- the streaming kind of issue really kind of mucks it up. But I think, like, yeah, if it's if it's something that, you know, oh, I think that's a great point, Tom. And I think that comes from our age, right? Like our range, where that was something. Look, I I, I will tell this to the young person out there. If you hear something and like it, love the hell out of it and don't let some douche tell you you're not cool enough to like it. Whatever that is. Whether that's Unbroken or Mecht Mensch or, you know, a a fucking title fight. You know, um, 
the gatekeeper will try their best. Oh, you don't have uh, an original pressing. Mm, only originals matter. Oh, you don't have. Oh, you have an original pressing. Oh, but you don't have a first press. Mm. Oh, you have a first press. Mm. Kind of need that test press, man. You know what I mean? There's always going to be someone pushing that. Don't worry about it. Those people have small lives. Um, so with all that said, because I really like went down, guys, I had to shake myself out of it because I went down a, a hole thinking about the idea of reissues and represses and like, uh, um, it got too too weird. But the point was to talk about some music that we thought would be cool for it to become more a part of the conversation in 2023, 2024. Um, who wants to start? Well, I'll start with a super broad one. Uh, and I say super broad because this is more like a, uh, this is more of a project than an individual release. Uh, I fell down a hole of New York hardcores, maybe, um, maybe, Second, uh, if I'm being really uncharitable, third tier, uh, or st- let's just say stuff that didn't go as far as other stuff, right? Like, sure. I was listening, to, I was, listening to, was listening to the uh, in your face demo the other day, right? Wow, wow! Look at you, demo <laughs> core, Patrick. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ! Something, some conversation we had on the this combust podcast. LP got you, huh? You're in. No, right. it was it was some com- Well, firstly, I enjoyed the frontline material that I had never heard in my life. Mm, good, good, good. Oh, until, the A seven conversation, which until we are recently. going to get to. Yeah. It, right. So the the A seven conversation that we that, that'll probably be a Patreon where we just uh, kind of sub- subject ourselves to some. Some of it's going to be very rough, guys. <laughs> so not, not all not all of it's going to be good, but. Uh, you know, I was kind of, uh, it set me in this, uh, space of, okay, let's try this. Let's try that. The frontline, uh, material I had never heard in my life and I, I ended up really enjoying it. So I said, all right, what, what, what else is in that world that, that a frontline is Mackie. Yep. That's right. And, right. Uh, uh, Boys them. That, that's right. <clears throat> and Really, Sorry, just to give, just to give some dorky background. For our uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar at all, who uh, you know are not New York hardcore uh, fans, it's it's closer to token entry than it is to uh, AF. You, you know, it's 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 uh, it, it's light on the ears. It's it's not. Uh, uh, it's kind of melodic uh, and pleasant in ways. Child, you know, young. It's a young. It's a young person's demo, <laughs> but, but it is. Uh, it's not uh, New York hardcore. Hardcore. It, it, it's it's a little bit more listenable. But anyway, uh, I, I was going through this, and I was th- thinking, like, okay, in your face, doesn't wow. doesn't deserve a reissue, and I say that to say that it's not because this music isn't worthy. I actually think that the the demo is not, not great. And it has some sentiments on it that perhaps uh, don't fly in 2023. Mm. But, but um, <clears throat> I think what's the release after that? Uh, it, it's like a grub maybe, right? Is that in your face? Um, but uh, it's uh, I thought that was, Oh, this is a step above. This could do for a reissue, except it can't because of sheer market forces. Right. There's just not enough human beings 
on this planet of 7 billion who want an in-your-face reissue. So, Correct. I think that's where a lot of things end up falling. Sure. So if, if these bands who are not seeing their material reissued otherwise uh, would be comfortable with a very exclusive premium box set, essentially, of cassettes uh, that would be, you know, in your face and New York hoods and, you know, the, the type of stuff that someone somewhere is going to find such a gem in there and love that. If not the release, then they'll say, listen, you don't know this song <laughs> and you, and you can get nerdy on it too, because of the dates on this is sometimes you can sure. say, Oh, look, this predates something that became much more popular in the same sound. It predates it by years, but sounds so similar, you know, like th- th- this, th- who knows if this was an inspiration or if this was uh, a parallel evolution, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, is there, a, is there a place for, uh, I, I don't even know where I went after that, uh, our gang, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Like, yo, this is amazing. I didn't expect to talk to Patrick about the, like, uh, the almost rants of the new breed comp today, Tom. This is awesome. Um, yeah, is he going to do fucking Norman Bates and showerheads next? Like, what is that? <laughs> Jesus, you know, <laughs> yo, I can't, that's gotta be up his alley. So, so here's my quick question because I, you're not wrong. Um, there is this, <clears throat> we get accused of New York bias. Suez hardcore has a New York bias in, uh, uh, the, the truest of, um, Jack Nicholson from the departed in the scene in the warehouse with the guns. And he goes in this country in hardcore has a New York bias, Uh new breed comp. Patrick, how familiar are you with it? Uh, let's see. I owned it. Uh, well, so it got bootlegged and it was awesome. It was like a bootleg CD that they made in the early aughts. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, what I, that's what I owned. Yeah. Yep, me too. Yeah. The original was a tape that came with the same zine. The zine was straight up awesome. Like, I just want to tell people, like, it was like some dudes, which shout out, I believe, Tom, you know the fellow who put out the New Breed comp. It was Chaka and, and, and Freddie Alva. Freddy Alva. Um, uh, war dance records. Um, so they put it out. They it's like they saw the way it is. We're like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this booklet's awesome. Yo, we can just do this. We'll just do a tape comp, so we don't have to. And we'll do this awesome zine, and it's f- so goddamn cool. So Did you see the documentary about it? I have not. I heard it's awesome. Pretty good. Yeah, sort of Vitus. It was cool. Um, so I want to say this: the new breed comp to me is essential New York hardcore listening. Um, is it as good as the way it is? No, no. And I'm, I'm, it, I, I'm going to, Bob, I'm just going to ask you to ahead. clarify. Maybe you were going to get there. When yeah. you say, when you say essential, could you, yes. could you, could you go a little further? Okay. It has absolution, never ending game, which yeah. is just straight up an unbelievably good hardcore song, hardcore song, full stop. Yeah. Um, if someone made me a New York hardcore mixtape with 15 songs on it, and this was one of them, I'd be like, Cool. It's it's really good. Uh, the Absolution has two very amazing songs, and then a solid rest of their catalog. Um, two Life's Blood tracks that are live but good. Hypothetically, two of the best outburst songs. Um, right. 
breakdown songs on here are fucking great. There's two Raw Deal songs, two Beyond songs. Um, I think the Abomination tracks are pretty good. But but so so the long story oh short, God, am I clear? The anti yeah, 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 I was gonna say that that one stuck out to me when I was a kid. Um, you get introduced to some weird stuff. So so essentially, this is. I don't want to say it's the B team because no one is putting Rod Deal on the B team. Full stop. No, no one is putting Breakdown on the B team. Full stop. But like uh, the second team, second team All American, yeah. or or the bench. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I I love Life's Blood. I love a huge portion of the outburst discography. I think our gang is good. I named my record label after the collapse song on this. Well, after the band collapse, I, yeah. it was initially going to be called uh, a successful failure. Um, but then somebody's <laughs> like, why don't you just call it collapse? And I was like, oh, that's, that's better. Um, so what I mean by this is this shows New York Hardcore 89 and what was happening with an expanding scene. It tells a broader story. We will we could be dismissive and say second tier, third tier, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there were just a lot of bands some of which went really far, some of which went nowhere. And you get to hear this sampling and understand not every New York band was sick of it all. You know what I mean? Right. Not second every tier in New York Hardcore at that point, still pretty fucking high. Second tier, you're still having fucking pits at CB's. Like, why? You can't be mad about it. But it just means you didn't tour the US. It just means you weren't GB. Um, so that's that's where you're going on this. I think people should know there is there was a New Breed reissue. Uh, really well done, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, people should check that out. It's very cool. Um, but this is a weird world because you're right. Do many of these bands, like, should there be a fit of anger reissue? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, uh, should there be an abomination reissue? I'm pretty sure there was. Um, there was an R Gang reissue that I think was pretty well done, actually. Uh, but sometimes that stuff's. 10, 15 years ago now. So it's, anyways, uh, I had no idea that you would have been interested in any of those bands, to be honest, Patrick. Uh, well, I don't know how interested, <laughs> I don't know how sustained and interested That might be strong. <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, you know, you fall down holes. Uh, uh, the the you, one thing leads to another. And you, it's always, I think everybody in our listenership uh, falls into this camp it's a joy when you trip over something that you weren't aware of except by name maybe. And you, you give it a shot on just a, you know, whatever Tuesday evening <laughs> you go, Oh, Hey, I was just taking the dog for a walk, but this pressure release <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it's uh that type of thing is, is, uh, is a joy. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if I'm bumping the frontline demo or the frontline material, uh, which I th- I don't even know how it was released. Is it is it just demo, or is it? I'm demo? pretty sure the front line is maybe just demo. Front line is early '80s stuff. Like that's yeah. the other side of this, man. Like it's like the second or third rate straight edge stuff in the late '90s. The the digging around in the trenches of New York hardcore early '80s, like the weird like big city not too pretty comps, like a, a lot of the big city stuff. Um, you just find bands that are like, what was this band about? And then you make the connections and go, oh, oh, th- this had members who went on to do this or that or this or that. It's it's a fun ride. Um, you might not find everything, but like 
if you like music, if you like this caveman shit, you're going to find stuff that sticks to your guts. Like, yo, the mob seven inch is a record that I didn't plan on talking about tonight, but I think about it and I bet there's people who don't know, like that one mob song with the skank it up mosh part. That's just like, that's like one of the OG classic great breakdowns. Like it's just this great, like stop and into this really dramatic, almost bad brain style breakdown. That's awesome. And that's just not something, you know, not everybody it's not the first it's not in the first 20 names that i say when i talk about new york hardcore let alone new york hardcore across time you know what i mean yeah. but it's still there's still some merit so and i think they're a band that we talk about reissues the, the another planet reissue for that yes one. i mean i wouldn't have heard them at fucking 19 or 20 however old right. i was when that thing came on that's 1000 percent <laughs> where i heard it you know what i mean of and, course and that's a lot right. Of people. That was reissued then, but but it's been so long. Oh, um, it was nineteen ninety six. So crazy. Okay, Tom, you got a you got a reissue or re release that you think would be good? All right. So how many? I I, I have a list of eight. Hell wow. Yeah. All right, go on. Um, I'm trying to think. Here's a reissue that I would like to see. If we, since we're talking about comps, yes, I would like a reissue of the first. East Coast Assault compilation. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Go in. That was on Too Damn Hype. It was. I think it came out in 1993. And if you look, I'm going to pull up the uh, the list. I bought a CD. I bought it on CD recently. But so it's Dare to Defy, Life of Agony, Berserker, Sam Black Church, Converge, Social Disorder, Dark Side Marauder, Edgewise. Stark Weather Confusion, Only Living Witness, Overcast, Hard Response, Judgment Day, Head Cleaner, Demise, Next Step Up, and Bricklayer. It like was a game changing company, like for a lot of people that that I knew growing up. Yeah, this was and um, it's, this kind of was this was a you could get it kind of any it wasn't anywhere, but I remember seeing it a lot in the Northeast at the very least. Yes, a hundred percent. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I don't know if it ever was out on vinyl. No, my knowledge. No, yeah. I had it on cassette and I bought it on CD probably in the last like five years just because I needed to have it. Um, but I mean, this is like a get like for those like you know, Marauder and Dark Side and Starkweather and like the Life of Agony Plexiglass Gate song, which is like one of their hardest songs, like Converge when they sound like Biohazard. Yeah, that, that, I, I mean, like, that that's kind of one of the interesting things about this. This was something that you used to own if you were a completist on a few different bands, you, you know, right. like somebody that had right. to know everything. Uh, I don't know if it's good, Tom. <laughs> I'm gonna be Dude, you know what? Listen I'm to looking it at it now. So I'm not sure. No, but, but right. yo, here's the thing. Just based on these names, even if this isn't the best representation, this is a real moment in time, right? Like this was a moment here. Yeah, like, yeah sure. This is, <sighs> I wonder in the Converge like discography where this falls. Like how early was this for them? Oh, it's like for a seven inch. Right. That's what I mean. Like, was this the second thing they had music released on other than like demos or what have you? Well, I always joke because we around this time, maybe ninety two or ninety three, we went to see this band. It's on here called Bricklayer. Mm-hmm. Um, from Boston, you know, and and they were selling their seven inch for three bucks. 
Mm-hmm. But if you pay, if you gave them five, they would give you a second seven inch. And the drummer from Indecision, who has like four records and listens to fucking Slipknot, yeah. owns the first Converge seven inch because that was the other one they threw in the pile. Wow! For the extra two dollars, <laughs> good value. Yeah, so I mean, he's got to have it somewhere, probably like under his like Metallica blanket or something. But like, <laughs> um, but like, dude, there's some songs on here, like Plexiglass Gate Pad. Are you familiar with that song? Yes, it's the only. Uh, to be honest, it's the only <laughs> one of their songs that I think I know off the top of my head. Okay, heavy. Yeah. Um, Dark Side, best Dark Side song. Mm. Bob, do you ever get into Dark Side? You yeah, I like Dark Side. Right? No, I like Dark Side. I think they're okay. good. Yeah, I have that Dark Side yeah, NYC 7-inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't know if they ever kind of made it outside of Brooklyn, but they were fucking great. Yo, we, Marauder we, Fearson. Like the Sub-Zero 7-inch Dark Side. Um, Sub-Zero not being on here is weird. Yeah, that's it's I funny. Yeah, there's, there's a couple others. Anyways, yeah, I, I liked some of that stuff, yeah. But I think, yeah, this would be something that I think would be cool because it was like a very – it was a at a time when Harker was down. Yes, and it's and there weren't a ton of shows, and it was moved out to the suburbs, or like for I mean, Brooklyn was the suburbs at that point. You know what I right. mean? Like this was like crazy country club, and like you know, ran to places in Jersey and in Baltimore and in Albany, probably. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I to me, this is like, wh- where's Days at on this? Days, just just reissue this. Like, talk to too damn hype, dude. Uh, reissue this. Like, how when- hard is that though? It's I tough. always think it's about tough because you got to get approval like, from you got the nineteen bands. bands fucking ask. Yep, yep, yep. You got to get, and there's definitely some who will be like, "Yeah, sure, no big deal. Who cares?" And some who will be like, "Actually, no." And then some who it's like, "Yeah, speak to our uh, management and team." Um, so right, or some that are like, "We don't. We haven't heard from that guy in twenty nine years." That's right. That's right. So, so, but I think this is one of those moments in time things. I can't. Oh my god. Uh, sp- speaking about uh, uh, this comp and sort of guys you haven't heard from for twenty years. Um, don't bad mom. Uh, no. How much do you know about Hard Response? <clears throat> not not much. Baltimore, Delaware, I think. Um, Delaware that makes sense. So. I'm looking right now and all right, demo, demo, uh, one LP that I think I've only seen, never listened to. And, uh, then that's 1995 on gain ground, which is a big thing at that point. Next release, 2007. (laughs) I just looked to see, is this a, is this like, like a comp or something? No, I think it's new material from 2007 to 2008. The band just got back together 10 years later and said, you know what? Delaware, let's do it. And yeah, and then did another thing in 2000. Good for them. Wow, weird. But I, so the the reason I bring this up is because we talked briefly before the podcast started about kind of these little pocket scenes that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like entering pocket dimensions in in a, in a sci fi thing. That's, you, 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 uh, they're bigger than you, they're bigger than you understand. They're, They're bigger than they look from the outside, right? And yes, to to somebody from Delaware, I presume, uh, hard response was a big deal. In the same way that kids from uh, uh, Tom, you might uh, you might know this one. Um, we've talked about them. I think very. Uh, hold on, is it? I don't want to misspeak. What uh, what's the uh, north northwest band? Uh, Undertow. 
Nope. The one that watch. Nope. No. Oh, uh, uh, brotherhood. No struggle. No. Uh, uh, what is the uh, backside disaster? Backside disaster. Okay. (laughs) I did not expect this to go there. Okay. So Bob, this would be the, I think this would be the countervail of the, of the the Northwest. Interesting. Okay. Um, where if you talk to people who are there, they will tell you that this was awesome. They'll say that this band never let them down, that this band was always good live, et cetera, et cetera. And, but for us from the Northeast, Tom, you probably only know this band from touring during that time. Is that right? Yeah. I think we play with them in Portland. Yeah. In Portland. <laughs> yeah. So, so but I mean, that's, I mean, that's like everything, dude, there's bands in fucking, in Albany, they couldn't fucking catch a cold somewhere else, but like they're oh, yes. throwing fucking twelve hundred people. Oh, yeah. oh uh, listen, oh, uh, oh. S- some Did of them, some of them tried and uh, uh, ended up breaking up because uh, when you leave town and uh, it's not the same, <laughs> it's, it's a little different. Albany had a special love for their own. Yes. Uh, Did you got? Did either of you catch the Straight Jacket reunion show that's coming up? No. Yes. Uh, Straight Jacket headlining over Underdog in Albany in a few months. Uh, you know what? Straight Jacket was one of my first shows ever, and I would go for that reason. They might be playing when you're around. How about that? What if you got oh, to catch the January? Should, do I skip vocals on my album? Yes. To- <laughs> it's, just, it's just drug church. Who cares? Like You know what I mean? It's fine. It's fine. Oh, good. Uh, it doesn't really. Why out for our show? Yeah, maybe I, will. I told my folks I'd go see them. Uh, so I guess maybe I'll bring them to the straight jacket show. It'd be great if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come up. I'll be up uh, like um, Friday night into Saturday morning. And it's like Friday at like 730. Like, uh, it's like a teenager running out the door for school. Like, oh, yeah, dinner was great, mom. Drinking your drink as you're standing up. <laughs> horn going, burp, burp. Yeah, I got to go. Exactly. Straight jacket's playing. <laughs> Oh, it's March 9th, Pat. Um, uh, I, I regrettably will not be able to make that one. You'll be in Europe, but it's at the Empire Live, March 9th, Assault on the Living, Grand Street, Spirit Killer, Sworn Enemy, Underdog, Straight Jacket. You know what? If I was home, I would go. Mm. Well, Same from Straight Jacket went on to the other band, right? The Disciples of Berkowitz. No, I was thinking the other one. Oh, face cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face cast. <laughs> yeah, the, the band that everybody kind of goes. Christ. Kind of goes, uh, Bob, you're familiar with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone goes, this is a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, goes, oh. like, this is fucked up. This is a joke, right? This is meant tongue in cheek. No, oh, oh, it's not. Oh. Uh, wow. Yeah. So hold on one second. I'm, I'm looking. The, the, you, the East Coast Assault thing brings up an interesting question to me. Uh, is any of this, uh, uh, kitsch is, is any of this, like, for example, have either of you revisited uh, green rage or solstice, uh, at any time in the recent history? I've listened recent. to green rage in the last three years, probably. Okay. So two years, maybe, uh, there's some, obviously for people that don't know, this is like vegan straight edge music of, of, of the type. Uh, but it's not very good. It's kind of, you would have had to have been there, uh, and you can a hundred percent see how it was part of a thing. And that thing is important to people, but on its own merits, it's very second tier. So is second tier stuff worth a reissue if it's 
if it's kind of part of our history it, 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 or is that being a little too um, high-minded and, and pretentious about what is ultimately uh, 19-year-olds uh, just throwing themselves against their instruments? I mean, I think things should stay in print whenever, whenever like, financially possible. Oh, okay. So this, oh, you guys are getting me into the weird place. Go ahead. So I, it's I, history. Like, you wouldn't want a book to just go away. So shout out to Guav. I'm on Guav's uh, Discogs right Where now. Where are we? Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> and because I went from the voice of the voiceless comp, because I was thinking, as you would, I was thinking, oh, let's talk about comps. How do comps actually deserve any type of reissue? The voice of the voiceless comp, uh, if I recall, is mostly. Mostly re- material that's been released elsewhere. Yeah, I think so, almost certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. There's no reason to own this except that it's Fuck. it's such a piece of history in its own small way. Does that deserve a reissue? Or is it just impossible because... I mean, it's only going to be bought by people 45 and up. Yes, that's true. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, not to be a dick, but like, I mean, it came out in 1991. Yeah. So th- that might be part of the question is with this stuff. Like, when we talk about stuff that deserves a reissue, re- repress treatment, will it be of any interest to people who aren't just buying it purely for nostalgia, not for people purely rebuying it? I, I don't, no. I don't think so. <laughs> But it should minimally be on streaming. Maybe maybe physical is too much to ask. Yeah, okay. But I feel like there should be something like every like you know, like everything that's been released in any kind of listenable way. I would hope that all gets out there somehow. You know what I mean? Like it's all available somewhere. Maybe not Spotify, maybe a fucking alternative whether it be fucking Bandcamp or whatever the fuck. But it's cool to be able to like pull, you know, like you're looking at a comp with Youth of Today and Shelter on it. Yes. And Rob R. Rock. Remember and Rob, <laughs> Rob R. Rock. Um, oh, or, Rob R. Rock. Can you explain fork. what Rob R. Rock is to uh, anyone under the age of 40 right now? Vegan rapper. Yeah, that sums it up. I, I think one of the lines is literally pork, murder with a knife and fork. Yeah. He did Dead Prez like way before Dead Prez. Uh, but not as well. Good night. Um, no, not nearly as well. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody checked in on Rob or Rock? What's he up to? Probably eating pork. For being, (laughs) (laughs) if the night is like vacation, probably not doing the same stuff. He's like our buddy from Rage Against the Machine, who uh, sang a lot of things, but also likes a little bacon on his burritos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, (laughs) um. Those are bacon bits. He didn't realize. Tom, you, you're currently on Discogs, are you not? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Would you do me a favor and, and uh, uh, you're going to get a thrill out of this, I think. Would you go to, uh, on that comp, there's a band called Tr- Transcend. Would you go to that band, please? Yes, I, I could picture this fucking cut. Yeah. Would you go to their release? Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm at, I'm, I was on, uh, I was on Bandcamp. Let me go to Tran. <laughs> Voice of the voiceless. This is thrilling radio. <laughs> well, voiceless. people are going to immediately know what this is when when you describe it. So, so I just wanted to. Sh- I wanted you to de- de- uh, illustrate this. Go to the. It's tra- a gray. Co- it's a cover with a gray fucking statue on it, isn't it? No, no go to Transcend Room One Hundred One. Right, where am I looking? Uh, Transcend. Okay. And now click on the art for Room One Hundred One. Now scroll through. Until you get to the incredibly poorly done uh, pre-Photoshop Mac editor photo software where you blur the edges of a photograph in this entirely 1993 way. Go to the cover. Not the cover. The cover is a a stolen uh, uh, painting. Go to the interior. It's, it looks like it's the, uh, 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 liner notes, uh, with the doghouse logo on it. Uh, maybe okay, yeah, yeah. look at that blurred oh, edge wow. desktop publishing bullshit. <laughs> I suppose it was like the photo was like burnt like, <laughs> and like discover. Yeah, this is pretty rough. Uh, I also, Hey, uh, transcend. I'm not, I'm not shitting on you because I, I am actually going to go listen to this record now. Uh, if I can find it. However, I, I want to kind of, uh, in our conversation about, f- uh, first tier, second tier, et cetera, I want to, uh, and this is completely unfair. You could do this to any band, just getting it out there. But if you listen to, uh, to, for example, earth crisis, and that doesn't resonate with you, it doesn't make any sense to your ear. You don't know why anybody would consider that top tier of that sound. I just want to give you a transcend, uh, lyrical moment, which is, uh, from, <laughs> from the song, my endearment, uh, now everybody, these kids were almost certainly 19 at the time. I'm not, this is not a diss. It's just to illustrate oh, something. Stripped of my soul, back to my home, denied my bitterness, want to be left alone. Leave me to myself. Leave me alone. I can't handle you. I can't believe me. You make the decision. It's your call. You want to dig my grave, bar- want to bury it all. I learned to read, but I don't get you. Ask, <clears throat> ask me to ask myself. One thing you said was true. Now, you know, honestly, up till the uh, learn to read line, I was like, yo, this just could be Allison Chain's lyrics. It's fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it could. I thought it was going to be some like whacked out, like protect the innocent fetus. No, the opposite. So, my point is that Earth Crisis has more going on because it's not, I learned to read. Do you know? What I mean? Like, it's like, I, this is not, this is not very good. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that. But I mean, you've read lyrics from bands before, right? They're not great. They're not great. No, <laughs> they're not. Great. More often than not, they're kind of trash. They're yeah. they're kind of trash. Yeah. Uh, we should we should go in on actually like just we we don't need we did an episode a long time ago with Pat Flynn where we were really poetic and we needed good right? lyrics. We should just do like, hey, here's good good bands with good lyrics. Uh, we won't go into the bands with bad lyrics, but here's the short list, and we can give you a short list. Um, yeah, I will say that these lyrics that look like they were borrowed from a completely different writer, as they have no, they're they're not like they're not even formatted like the other songs on this. Uh, uh, the liner notes. That's when a guitar player wrote something on his yes. fucking brother keyboard. <laughs> yes, this this one is a little bit more severe in the 
uh, vegan straightish sort of way. Uh, squeeze the trigger with my leather clad hand, squeezing out justice. This is my land closing in now, nowhere left to hide. I'm not led by morals. No need to abide. This is, this is about uh, hunters, right? This is, so this is from the perspective, this is from the perspective of a hunter, uh, running, jumping. This is my hunt. My victim runs in terror. Feel my heart thump. Well, that's, that's pretty fucking terrible, but, but my legs move me fast. The river I've, past <laughs> running for freedom a victim of terror so this is this is changing perspectives between hunter oh, and hunted, hunter and, hunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and not that that's clever necessarily right and uh you know uh, uh, julian cope was was doing this uh, 25 years earlier but the the uh it is more advanced than i learned to read uh yeah but you know I, I i did like i do like the little like leather clad hand right at the beginning like what? okay yeah, yeah. okay uh, but uh shout out to uh transcend uh those those are the boys uh uh ali uh, mozard uh andy Leiter, uh, uh chris R- ryan stalker and uh dirk hemsmith so sh- shout and out you to said those names like someone that you talk to all the time yeah <laughs> Well, the one guy Dirk is, is the guy that did Doghouse. The, yes, yes, you nailed it. The one guy is the guy from Doghouse. Mm. This is Patrick Kinlan, a Barb. <laughs> what you read of the name? He'll be at the show in March. Um, Tom, hit us with another off your list. All right, I'm trying to think of something. But Pat won't fucking. Uh, here's what I would like in like a fucking like. For lack of a better term, a trust records version of this. Mm. Are you ready? Let's go. Yes. Agnostic Front live at CB's. Yes. Okay. Because so I think Bridge and I reissued like it. And it's awesome. Minutes. Yeah. Let's give this like five or 10 minutes because it deserves that. Go in. But I want like a fucking like a book. I want the pictures. I want like, you know, like fucking all the bands that played have stories. I want like the fucking like that day from beginning to end. And I, there's video out of it because I feel like I've seen video from that show and the live record doesn't doesn't kind of create the chaos that's in the video at CB's. Like it, right. it sounds yes. like because it's because the way it's recorded, you don't hear the crowd as much. Right. But I mean, there's literally every single person that you could fit in CBGB's is singing every word, but you don't hear it. Mm. But I would love to either have like a record with the DVD of the show, whatever, whatever stuff they have, or, you know, or, uh, you know, in, in addition to just like a nice fucking booklet that kind of, you know, gives you the whole fucking, there's gotta be pictures. There's gotta be stuff. And cause I feel like that's, th- that's still the best live horror record ever. So it's, it's not my favorite hardcore record, live hardcore record ever, but it deserves that conversation. It deserves that praise. What would you put over it? Out of curiosity, uh, I put uh, "Who's Got the Ten and a Half and Bad Brains." Oh, okay. uh, youth are getting restless. Okay, I love okay. those two. I mean, you know, AF has I mean, no problem taking taking uh, a side next to those. You know, um, yeah, it's, 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 those are bad. pretty good. So, um, <laughs> it's pretty good. Yo, Trust Records, this is our plea to you. Exactly what Tom's asking for: a booklet. Maybe you include some multimedia, whatever. Get the video up on YouTube, profitize it, whatever you need to do. Um, because it is 
Like it, when it comes to AF, Victim in Pain is their best record uh, to me. Um, I love Cause for Alarm. I get a lot of nostalgia for it. Liberty, Liberty and Justice has lots of songs. Yep. Just great catalog. Live at CBGB's is the perfect introduction to that band, at least in my It's opinion. got the best version of every song on there. It's just got great versions of all the songs. The banter's excellent. Uh, in that same kind of like captures a moment. I think it captures a New York thing. It captures New York in this weird, like still on the uptick um, moment of the mid eighties that they were having. I have to believe this is the other side. They were capturing the whole, this, they did the show to do a live records. Uh, there have to have been photographers. There have to be out. BG Poppins was there. I'm sure. Yes, like this and guy. who else? And who else? Who were the other people? That would be an incredible, just, because it can be hyper focused. Like, yeah, everybody knows about AF. So we don't you don't need to do the background of AF as a band, et cetera. That stuff's been right. done and done very well in a few different formats. Roger's book's cool. I think that some of the Radio Raheem stuff they did was cool. All yep. that stuff is done well. Just that show. Give us photos from that show. There's a ton of stuff. Uh, it'll it would be like the um the making a scene book, the New York Hardcore Making yeah. a Scene book which is like the most fun who's who like where's waldo right, you look at you go, oh shit that's fucking there's whatever like, ready oh there's this person oh there's roger and amy and that's their car oh my god oh there's like, their baby. That same street as Pete Steele. right and so you can get this real oh man because i think there's there was so many bands either started in that room or in that room Yep, like every fucking hardcore luminary at that, like that we still think of today, was there. You had to be, yeah. Whether it be Gavin or Jimmy, Jimmy Gasapo or fucking who, like it's everybody. Like that would like. There's got to be such a fucking cool story about that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that deserves like because I like I said like if you own one AF record and that's the only one you can get, you're fine. You'd be you'd be fine. Not fine. There's so much other, but like I feel like. That's a Desert Island record for me. Yeah, that's a great pick. And and the Bridge Line reissue was cool simply because Very they put cool. it back out there. I believe, and uh, yo, I got mutuals with a fella who might be in charge of this. So uh, somebody get on the fo- phone and see who has the rights to Live at CB's. I believe there's a Combat Core, et cetera, connection through what it's owned by now. Uh, just make that available. Do something cool with it. Like let's do a definitive edition because it would be very cool. Um, yeah, what a cool record. Good pick, Patrick. What do you got? Hmm. Let me see. I apologize. I was uh, uh, reading Transcend lyrics. Thanks for the support, Pat. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. Let me see what I got. I'm trying to think of what definitely hasn't been reissued that i'm just over that was tough too because i go what about that and i look and go oh it has been right uh like there's certain stuff there's certain stuff that i think like you know maybe some of the ringworm material could get a second life but i think it's all i think that the early stuff has been reissued i just i i I would see maybe that stuff that deserves um not the book treatment but kind of uh you if you went big maybe Look, everybody, this is bad. This, this I'm going to give you terrible, terrible marketing advice right now. Sometimes if you spend an incredible amount of money, people think 
this is worth an incredible amount of money. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, that's typically not true, and don't don't follow that advice. Um, you know, there's stuff like uh, I talk about Blood Red. I might uh, it's me and Dave V who might be the biggest <laughs> Blood Red fans in the world. Is something like Blood Red worthy of a, a reissue? It's not important to anyone outside of Long Island, but it's really exceptionally good and stands up against anything from Long Island. So do you piggyback on like if Koyo has a moment this next year and this is what people think of Long Island, is it time? Well, to, majority even. What's that? We use silent majority. I, I don't use silent majority because I, I tell me if I'm wrong. I think silent majority is going to have their, their closeout reunion moment. Is that what, is that what it is or am I wrong? I'm not 100% sure, but I mean, I feel like they're having a moment and it's Tommy and his brother and yeah, Blood okay. Red. That, well, yeah, that's, that's true. I, it, it, if you want additional stuff by this guy that you're maybe first discovering now. That's true. I, but what I'm thinking of is like, uh, so Koyo is, uh, is uh, unapologetically Long Island, right? Like they, they, they own it and they say these are our influences. Even the stuff that like kind of got written off in our day, like Taking Back Sunday, the, the Koyo dudes say, no, no, no. That's part- those, are those bands that sold millions of records? Yeah, fuck those. Right. It, well, they say that's part of our DNA and we're happy for it, right? So if uh, – let's say that Koyo has like a breakout in, in 2024. Totally possible, right? Uh, I don't think Blood Red is feeling the, the – the, the tendrils of that. You don't think? I think if Koyo, I think no. if Koyo put no, Blood, I think I think if Koyo put Blood Red on their back, maybe we could sell a couple records. Come on. No, I think Capital would. Oh, Blood maybe. Red is more adult, adult contemporary compared to Capital or like. Yeah, that's true. Mm, yeah. Also, I was joking about taking my Sunday. I like taking my Sunday. Of course. Listen, I'm I'm not because mad. I, like, those I don't mean that. I meant like yeah, like they're like well, let's not pay attention to taking my Sunday. I'm like oh yeah, the band that's played arenas and sold. But, but you'll <laughs> admit that 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 was a thing. Right, that was well because they were so big and like hardcore kids weren't like yeah. dying the old hardcore kids that like Koyo kids in two thousand three weren't being like yo I ride for fucking tell all your friends I got absolutely clowned was, on a hardcore message, on a hardcore message board for saying uh, this Taking Back Sunday record is not so bad I, I listened to it in my girlfriend's car and it's uh, it's it's pretty good and I I, I got absolutely yeah. fucking shitted on <laughs> so Bridge Nine just fucking murdering PK. <laughs> So, you know, uh, there was a time that it wasn't, you know, maybe it wasn't the, the thing, but I'm just saying, Some is it possible? Never heal, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I'm still hanging on to that. I'm saying hanging on to that 22 years later. Um, so it is, uh, I guess my question is, is anything that's going on right now, um, can it prompt a nice, uh, revisiting of these things for, for a high end five of seven fifty press? Does that d- d- does that track for you guys? Like, yeah, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. If it looks good, like I said, there's there's been reissues within the last year of stuff that I'm like, I don't know. Seven fifty seems like a lot, but it looks really good, and the people behind it care about it enough to say, "Yo, this should be out." It's like many things, dude. I, I put out I put out records for certain bands that was like, "Yo, I don't, I know I'm not going to sell five hundred of these." But I like it enough. I care enough that I want to do it. And I try. I want to do it well enough that it's gonna. It should be there. It should be documented here. You know. It, it, and you should do the same. Right, so, so, Pat. I'm gonna feed you one. I'm gonna text you one that you have to say. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I, was, <laughs> I mean, for our friend Justin, uh, Justin Dusty Cloudin wants to reissue something that he's. 
running into some problems. May involve one of the hosts on here, but whatever. No big deal. (laughs) Uh, Let the record go. Let Justin put it out. If you're listening, I'm looking for little messages to uh, to Central Monmouth County there. Just Uh, let them put out nothing nothing in vain. He wants to. We want him to do it. Oh, let him do it. Oh, Uh, yeah. That guy Dusty was like, "Oh, I should put out nothing in vain." And then we tried, and then we the email started getting ignored, which is really fucking cool. So, uh, listen, you. I'm gonna be like fucking. I'm gonna do the Chromex. Like, yo, it's only available in everywhere but America. Well, what a bootleg wound shit. I don't think we have a, this podcast has a fun relationship with Josh, with Josh Truskill because you yeah, are the I like him. you are the last person in North America who has a, a good relationship with him. So uh, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think that's. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got two kids. So yeah, no. Listen, I'm sh- everybody that has interacted with him on a, on an interpersonal level tells me they like Josh Truskill. Uh, As a businessman, he sucks. I've got nothing bad to say about Josh Truskill. He's been nice to you. Um, what I'm saying is that uh, this this is a problem. The the reissue thing because uh, tell me if I'm wrong, uh, but uh, you you may not have any in, more insight than I do. But it seems like he's he's hedging right now. Yes, uh, he's saying, "Hey guys, I've got this fantastic catalog." If you want it, and and then waiting to see if people. Oh no 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 no. Okay, because <clears throat> he doesn't have the ability to do that. Oh oh oh. So he's what? So he's, it's in this other place that he. Th- yeah. I thought the way that it appeared by him having his own. So he's not trying to keep it all and try to sell it all at once. He lost it. Oh uh, okay. okay. And it's in like a fucking vault somewhere. That if. People just got out of the way. Our friend Dusty could just go to the vault and be like, "Here's fucking five hundred dollars, whatever the fucking yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it costs to license a record that no one that no one gives a shit about." Okay, and reissue it. I talk about this. Uh, do not let me get distracted again, guys. Don't let me go off on a tangent where I don't remember where I came from. Sounds but, good. Are you going to start talking about fucking movies that you? No, I'm going to talk about comics. That a lot uh-huh. of times your comic, if you did something at a small press, a small publisher, I. Uh, that small publisher is destined to be absorbed by somebody. And then your access to your property is so convoluted that it's, it breaks people's will. You know, like when you can't, right. when you can't get somebody on the phone and your shit is sitting with a holding company that basically just, uh, packages and then sells, uh, uh, big in mass, uh, amounts of intellectual property, or in this case, music, uh, deeply frustrating for the artists that right because individually it means nothing to them yes that's right and and their business is just acquisitions and then flipping those acquisitions so uh they have no reason to deal with somebody that wants to uh you know but i mean look could could somebody from label x make an offer to one of those companies uh sure uh but you're you're telling me that perhaps uh mr Trustkill. I uh, would like some. I'm not making any allegations. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say that maybe Mr. Truskill wants uh, s- to maintain whatever small measure of of control or gatekeep he has over the stuff that he used to own and is not making it. And hoping to reissue it on his own at right. some point. And not ma- he's making it impossible to go up the ladder beyond him. Um, 
Right, like, yeah, I'll get you guys an email, and it's like, Doo. yeah, and he goes flat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Look, uh, Josh Truskill, you got you got to you got to just let the thing happen because uh, it, <laughs> you treat my boy all wrong. You treat my boy all wrong, and, it, and I'm my guy all wrong. All right, let's get into some other hardcore records. All right, keep going, Bob. Uh, okay, so this is one that has been attempted many times, and is it? Uh, the band Enough, which is Ari Katz from Lifetime playing drums. Uh-huh. Uh, late 80s New Jersey straight edge band. Um, E-N-U-F, right? E-N-U-F. Um, yeah, uh, it is it's the best straight edge demo from New Jersey. And I say that to all the uh, turn of the 80s. If somebody wants to say they like the floor punch demo before, more, I'm not going to be mad at that. But the Enough demo is fucking great. I like it miles more than Turning Point. Crucify me, but it's just better. It's wild. Um, wild. Okay. I like it's, it. You know, it's, it's got a touch more skate punk. It's just the vocals are great. The singer was this guy, AJ, who apparently was just a crazy person. Um, and it was just really good. And uh, it's one of these things that's kind of mythic. And then um, it's been, there's been talks of it being released as a it's only a demo it's only right? a demo a six song uh, demo. only a demo and I'm, I'm looking it up right now in the, uh, the in discogs the only the only member is ari yeah so <laughs> ari the singer's name is aj there's a couple other guys andy and pete yeah. recorded at tracks east yeah, wow tracks south east. river new jersey shout out axe to grind last things to be recorded there that's cool um so yo uh it is great if you like Anything faster from the late eighties, you will like it. It is, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's certainly not a joke or anything. Um, and it's one of those things that come has come very close to getting released, like put out, and then not. Does it need a thousand copies? I don't know. Does it need five hundred and done really <laughs> I mean, well? Let me answer that. No, it doesn't. Bother. Yeah, yeah, no. But it is yeah, very it's good. cool to have on seven inch or something. Well, just I just think it's really good. It's the kind of thing that I'm like, look, seeing how things go, this is just cool. It's just one of those things that I think people now. Uh, this is sort of uh, a parallel to what you were talking to Patrick about the like the. Also ran or the the bands that didn't become huge New York hardcore bands in the late eighties, the straight edge world. You know, uh, our joke, me and some of my friends were that we loved all this stuff. The second rate, but still straight. Uh, third rate, eh, not so great. Um, was that there was this entire world that Youth of Today does the Break Down the Walls tour, and it, all of a sudden every city has a straight edge band or three. And of them, sometimes some were good, Brotherhood. Uh, some were not so good. I, you know, won't, won't let people fill in the blank there. Uh, enough is early. Enough is eighty-eight, I think, and it's just great. They part. I think they played six shows, um, and then just whoosh, that was it. Uh, so yeah, that's my pick. I think it's great if people haven't heard it they should seek it out on youtube i'm pretty sure you can hear the enough demo yes you can i'm about to listen to it as soon as this podcast wraps you've got me in a uh, enough state of mind now uh yo that's cool. you will uh, undoubtedly have a fun time listening that's all i'll say yeah tom go in what do you got all right i got i got a bunch more but let's i'll cut it short um 
Let's see. You know what? I would like to see a full discography. And I feel like, again, like you were saying, I thought this is what you were actually going to say, Bob. Mm. And it's come close, but it's never happened. A true straight ahead discography. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I know people that have talked to Craig and stuff, and it gets close, and he just holds on to it too tight, and then it just doesn't happen. But I think, you know, I feel like they've almost become like a band's band. Or like a nerds band, like that, yeah. like for them to be as important to so many people as they are without like having any like I'll say never it like had this. a rep star, never had, Yeah, yeah. I'll huh? say it like this. Like if that twelve inch had been kept in press or stayed or just became more prolific, I'm not saying it would be held in the same spot as the breakdown demos, but it'd be in the ballpark. Straight ahead yep. twelve inches just awesome and has it's it's like a unique slice of new york hardcore but it's distinctly new york um it's faster than any new york band even youth of today like of that era it but it still has the breakdowns it's like got these epic flying it's just great and yes the no no proper release has always held it back and it's relegated them to being kind of like the the only t-shirt band in history whose records are very hard to get right they've only been passed down by from generation to generation right right you know what i mean like unless someone taped it for you you don't have it or yeah or you got one of the weird bootlegs and like there are bootlegs right right, right. but like to be really honest they were never that they're never that attractive or cool looking um whereas like a proper straight ahead reissue that looked cool Right, because the twelve inch is just a white cover, right? It's a white a cover. No, well, no, there's, there's, there are actual covers. That's the oh, there are. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen the first. There's, there's DJ sleeves, and then there's the actual full cover. Um, I had shout out to a homie from Cleveland who just gave me one. Uh, that was really cool in two thousand one or two. <laughs> um, yo, uh, a reissue of that done properly, like. I feel like on. I feel like yeah. yeah you can do that stuff as the B side. It's short, it's short too. Like you fit the f- full twelve inch on an A side, no problem. If that ever comes out there and done the right way, uh, the the eagle crying. That's that's what I'll feel like the straight ahead thing. It's just beautiful. Like I can't I can't even express it. Like maybe it's the reverse because the eagle crying is supposed to be like oh an injustice has been done we'll we'll dab the eagle's tears it'll be a great (laughs) moment in american history we need one craig let's go patrick give us some metalcore deep cut that you're thinking of (laughs) (laughs) i got a metalcore deep cut uh how deep let me hear let me hear it it's not that deep okay i mean it might be deep in 2023 but in 1998, this band was this this was a this was a deep cut, and this was a band that hardcore kids and metalcore kids liked. Okay, but but I want you to go. I don't want to. I already talked. Well, let me uh, go because I'm I'm still checking if the thing that you're still reading transcend lyrics. No, no, no. I'm checking to see what has been reissued and what hasn't. Um, Here's what I want out there. Hit me for those uh, for those I love for the love of feasting on the will of humanity. Oh, okay, Tom. Or the demo, dude. That that record is fucking awesome. Yes. Uh, you know what? 
instead of it's on streaming. Go listen. Yeah, to Yeah, I was gonna say inst- instead instead of just disregarding you, uh, I'm going to listen with an open mind. Uh, did you like them back then? No, I. They never connected. I loved the idea. <laughs> then, Dude, I feel like they're so fucking good, man. That record is so good. All right. Like if you, cause it's that, that's me- the metal core that I like. Like it was close enough. Like, I feel like us and them were pulling from like the, the unbroken reservoir in the nineties. Yes. Okay. That's true. That's true. Uh, my memory of them was that they're pretty, pretty hard heavy. Uh, no, not, not, not that ignorant. I'm telling you, like, listen to feasting, dude. Okay. It's so good. And we were trying to get them signed. Did I ever tell you this? I, I think I already told the story on the podcast. I, I, I think you have. It, it's, you've been their biggest advocate since uh, 1993. <laughs> well, I tried, we tried to get them signed to Wreckage when, when Indecision and Sound Majority were popping off. And then um, they were on Ferret. And then they put out a record, which was still co- pretty cool, with um, Mike Olin there from Endeavor yep. singing, which was good. I think they've got, they've had – Three, maybe four singers. Wow. And it's like dudes from like Strength 691 and other like random like mid-90s hardcore bands from like Central Jersey. Patrick, how have you not brought up Endeavor in this conversation yet? I was going to bring that up too because it's not on anything. Even the discography is not on streaming anymore. That's disgusting. The die with your eyes closed? The dies with your eyes open? Uh, don't die with your eyes closed. Uh, th- right. that's, that's, no trade is not on anything? That's disgusting. Uh, all right. Well, that's number one. Uh, I was going to ask you guys how you feel about reissues versus uh, compilation. Um, like discography type thing? Uh, yeah. Dis- uh, pardon me. Discography. Uh, <clears throat> because I really, really, really love that piebald record if it weren't for Venetian Blinds. I I – I, it's not nostalgia. It'd be curtains for us all. <laughs> it's it's not nostalgia. I've I've gone back and I've listened with clear ears, and I think that if it, it's the ac- actual viable evolution of emo, I think it's a, tr- a really really brilliant record. Uh, it still has all the childish bullshit in it, but uh, is just it's just there's something perfect about it. But I. Uh, Piebald has been uh, 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 comped uh, or discogged to hell, right? Uh, first by Big Wheel, who yes. did uh, some of the some of the early stuff, and then Rise, which uh, did a three part compilation. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. Is I I think I own that just as a like, oh, this this is interesting. I'll buy this. No um, one's listening to that because it's just too dense. Right now. Does would this would the world actually benefit from if it weren't for Venetian blinds? It would be curtains for us all, which I would think that you could at least sell through in the Boston Metroplex area uh, if you did a small pressing. As it doesn't seem to have it, it did four pressings, seemingly all no, no, no. it's only had a one time pressing. It looks like nineteen ninety nine, white, blue, clear, yeah. So, uh, I guess what I'm saying is this record, which I think is great and I don't love a lot of stuff of this type. And I think this is great. Uh, filled rooms back in the day had a legacy for a while. Uh, this has never seen a 
re-release only a discography uh, 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 treatment. Is there any world where this this is a thing to pursue? Not for me personally. I'm broke. Um, but is- <laughs> yeah, no question, no question, no question. I mean, look, Revelation's doing it at the, the their level where they did the discogs, they did the judge discog, they did the bold discog. And then they realized, wait a second, uh, people want the judge LP, people want the bold LP. Let's split these out and give these records that are standalone on their own classics their own place. Discord has done this. You know what I mean? They didn't. They moved. We are. Yeah. Oh yeah. They all go back. And go, okay. Let's let's split it up. Let's. Here's the discography. Okay. You know what? These records stand up on their own as this. And there's a lot of arguments for it. Um, I'm a pretty big fan when a record is just timeless. Preserve that. Preserve the cover. Preserve the artwork. If you can add to it, embellish it, maybe expand it. Great. But especially record covers it becomes a part of the whole thing. So when you go to a discography, quite often the first thing you do is a new layout. And usually it's cool or cool enough, but it's not the same as re-releasing the record, like repressing, reissuing that record. And, you know, trust, trust is a good example. They're doing all these classic records. They aren't trying to like fuss up the covers. They're like, nah, you know what? Seven seconds to crew this cover. <laughs> We're good. That's it. <laughs> right. Nailed. Right. Like, drugs records. Yeah, we don't really. Yeah, they're pretty perfect. So, yeah. So that's where I stand on it. Um, discographies have their place when they're done right. When you have a band with a concise enough catalog, really beautiful. But you can't, you know, you have, if you have more than two LPs worth of material, I don't know what we're doing with the discography. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, are we talking about putting something on and going, cool, I'm just going to listen to 85 minutes of this music. Try it with any band, bands you love. It's not, it's not ideal. Yeah. I mean, it's tough for me because I, I sing the praises of stuff like that Swizz discography. Uh, I think that sort of stuff has, you know, that's the argument for, for discographies. It's, it's, uh, it, breathes new life in it for a whole generation. I think Swizz would be even more obscure than Swizz is, if not. I agree. I agree. But I got to tell you this, the Swizz discography was good. It exposed me to them, but I just thought they were okay. When I broke it up into the parts and really put ears on hell. Yes. I cheated. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a masterpiece. This is great. Some of the other material is very good too, but this is great. So, what do you think that they would have benefited from uh, re-releasing the record? Yeah, uh, so it's tough um, because because the at thing that you time, right? At that time, that moment, was, yeah, exactly. No, no, in that time, they uh, that was the only choice they could make because it was the uh, I don't know what a reissue like. The market was different too, and I don't say this in a crass way, but like if you did a like, here's a discography CD. And by the way, you can order or you there's a limited to 500 direct repress of Hell Yes, I Cheated. It's not seen the same way as it is now. It would have been like, wait, that's weird. Huh? You know, I'm sure it would have done just fine. It would have been fine. But the highlight would have been more like, oh, so if you buy the vinyl, you only get this one record. But if you get the CD, you get everything. It's like, well, yeah, kind of. That's the way CDs work. You know? <laughs> um no, I mean, in the 90s, that's why discographies made so much goddamn sense. 
they still made sense up until the early 2000s. I think I think when we did the Rev discographies for Judge and Bold, it was cool, but it was sort of like the last possible instance where you could do that. And looking back, I would have said, hey, let's just, you know, maybe you repackage some of the material together, but you do it in two volumes, you know? Like, I, I do like that. I like collections of stuff where it's a little bit... You, Yes, here here's all of the stuff, but we're making it into manageable bites, you know? Like not sure. here's everything all at once. Yeah, good luck. You find you like you figure it out if you like yeah, it or not. Yeah. Ninety minutes of music go. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm uh, i I think that it's tough because right now I'm an I'm an adult in the streaming era. It's so difficult to to kind of figure out what would make sense broadly. What I mean is I can afford a reissue if I, if I want it, you know? Uh, and maybe, maybe at one point in my life, a CD with everything would have made infinitely more sense. And then I'm looking now where there's never a reason on earth to buy a physical product. If you don't want one (laughs) and, and, uh, or if you don't need one, and I don't know. It's, it's uh, guys. I'm struggling with a uh, with a changing landscape. Thanks, Grant. Yeah. Tom, close us off. Give us one more good one. You, you want to go? You got one. No, you right. go. You go. I got all right. So I got two that I feel like need either reissues or proper things that are very New York based. Mm, let's go. <laughs> I would like a an actual like a an official like vinyl pressing or something of the uh, Eddie Sutton Marauder demo. Mm. Oh man, yeah, I would like that to exist. Like, yeah, in you know, in in in, in some physical form. That is this one of the mythical things, right? Like, um. Is not for everyone, right? We've kind of discussed this. It's almost no, and I don't know if I love it. He might. I love Leeway more than anything, but I think it might be my third favorite version of Marauder. Yeah, you you both love Leeway, and there's elements. There's you you're a big Marauder fan, like an OG Marauder fan, and the two things to combine are not peanut butter and jelly for you. Right. I mean, it's cool. And some people think it's their best stuff, which I think is just people trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would like for that to be like whatever thing, everything that they have released in a physical manner, whether it be a ten inch or twelve, a twelve inch, if they have enough material, or sure, whatever. But sure, I, sure. I think it would be cool to have that out there, like how they did like the minus demo, like the minus era, mm. minus years, whatever. That's a cool idea. And well, again, and there's stories behind it too. Like, how did this? kind of oddity happened and here it is right like oh jorge was in el nino and he was gonna go that route and then you know like it's like what the fuck but like those yeah i mean like they did the like a pressing of the 12 inch of all the minus in marauder demos yeah it's fun cool yeah it's cool to have that all one point you know what i mean and like there were certain things that like a friend of uh, mine from brooklyn is dude sean sd like had like you know it was like an og that grew up with them i was like oh i have this or like Richie Darkside had certain things. Like they were able, everyone like pulled together all of their resources to make sure that like a complete version of this existed somewhere, yeah. which is cool. I feel like yeah. that stuff belongs in in the zeitgeist and not yeah. just like 
unless some cool guy can like send you the fucking MP3s, you're never going to hear it. Well, I I had one, but and I just checked, and it was reissued last year. <clears throat> so, uh, I want. What ask, was it? Just out here. well, I want to ask you guys a question related to it. I'm looking at the release, and it looks very bare bones. It looks like the kind of thing that uh, you own it, so you you you. You know, we're only doing 500 of these and blah, blah, blah. Um, the Palehead record got a, what wow. ap- what appears to be a very minimal yeah. uh, huh. uh, reissue. Um, I mean, the original is pretty, mi- I had the, as a kid, I don't know if you ever ha- had the physical pad. I'm pretty sure. The I CD was only two pages. Right. But well, there's not too much to the band. And that's, this is what I was going to ask you guys is, yeah, I had the uh, the wax tracks uh, version, I think. Um, but if uh, it, it, my question for you guys is, what if there's just not a ton to it, but it's great? Right, this is a project that lasted a weekend. Right. Um, I don't know. I still think it's cool to have out there. Uh, Yo, if, like, I mean, if there's tracks, yes, you know. Right, they were trying. I mean, that's the, the they had additional tracks on like some of the different versions. But like, how many people, Pat? Like, have you told? Like, I feel like Palehead was like our little secret forever. Yep. And now, but when you tell people about Palehead and they hear it, they're like, "Yo, this is fucking awesome." I go, "Right." Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like the straight edge dude and a fucking massive heroin user. Yeah. Got together and wrote this fucking incredible EP. That that ministry does those songs live now. Yes. Which I missed, which I, I was super bummed about. But like, like they never played a show. It just happened. <laughs> like that's fucking awesome. That never had. Like that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, Soulfly covered them, which is just the weirdest, weirdest. What do they do? I, I refuse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't don't ask me why I have the I will refuse. Uh, uh, pale head cover bonus track uh, on a digi pack from Soulfly. Uh, <laughs> on a digi pack. Wow. Imagine, remember those? <laughs> uh, can I, maybe uh, you guys wanted to close out. Can I remember when I was reading the names from Transcend? Yes. Uh, How can we forget? Yeah. You know, it was a moment for all of us. Uh, I just wanted to remind you guys of the names from uh, the fighting baseball from uh, uh, the, Super Nintendo. It's the it's a Japanese game that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the fake the fake American names. Yes, it's the fake American names. I'm just gonna <laughs> quickly read a few, Bob. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I, I am, but go for it, please. <laughs> Sleeve McDickiel, Anson Sweeney, Daryl Archideld, Antoli Smoreen. <laughs> Wow. Ray Ray McScriff. <laughs> this is how I I'm totally sympathetic to this because if you gave me if you were like fuck you got to jap- generate some Japanese names and Google doesn't exist. I'd be like, "Oh, oh no." no. <laughs> so, uh Raul, Raul uh Chamberlain uh so <laughs> it seems like there's some struggle they have the right impression everywhere. But then they'll replace a, a B with a D or a, a B with a G, and it and it completely <laughs> deranges these words. Kevin, Kevin Noglini, uh, Yo, did you cut out before Bobson Dugnut? No, I'm not there yet. 
right. Tony Schmurrick and Bobson Dugnut. <laughs> With Bobson Dugnut, of course, being the highlight of this. Everybody Straight knows Bobson Dugnut. Dugnut. What about Willie Dustus? Yeah, Willie Dustus. I feel like that dude went to CBs in the 80s. What about Jerome Gride? <laughs> Dwiggit Rorchigal? <laughs> Dwiggit Rorchigal is a good one. Yeah, listen, this is me listing actual English names that I should be able to pronounce and just str- struggle like hell. So, because these, these names don't come out of your like, – like Todd Gonzalez does not come out of your face normally. Oh, no. Todd, old Todd Gonzalez. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to Transcend. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. See so, ya. Yeah.